From Relay FM, this is Upgrade, and this is episode number 56. Today's show is brought to you by Stamps.com, postage on demand, Casper, because everyone deserves a great night's sleep, and Fracture, photos printed in vivid colour directly on glass. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Mr. Jason Snell. Hi, Mike. How's it going? Very well, sir. How are you? Uh, I'm, you know, I am doing a lot right now. I oh, am yeah? kind of, ex- I'm kind of exhausted. I, I, uh, I, I think I didn't go outside yesterday. Um, I haven't been outside today, so I'm feeling like a little, yeah, I'm feeling a, kind of like that, uh, like a crazy person who lives in a cave right now because <laughs> I've been doing so much stuff for the last, I mean, arguably since the, since the Apple event. So that, that's th- almost three weeks ago, but, um, yeah, it's been a pretty crazy last is uh, that couple peak of money weeks. making season yeah it is it is there's a lot, i don't really think of it as the peak money making season but it's certainly a busy season um it's a peak money making season for apple that's true and it's very busy for people who write about apple products so yeah i got uh the uh, you know there's iphone stuff i got i got iphone um i got iphones on thursday um and uh so i've been working on that um, I did a first look on Macworld. By the time this posts, I, my review should be up on Macworld. And in the background, I'm also working on El Capitan because, you know, El Capitan should be coming out on, on the 30th. So I've been working on my review for that. And then I, you know, I think maybe I made some, either I wasn't thinking or I made some mistakes about, uh, the the iPhone release is about a week later than it was last year. They They pushed it back a little bit. So there was a little more of a gap between the event and the release. And uh, whether I was planning on it being like it was last year, or whether I just wasn't thinking about it at all, I can't remember. But I also made a whole bunch of commitments to, you know, I'm going to be on this show. I was on the new screensavers this weekend, you know, which was a lot of fun with Leah Laporte. But that took three hours. Um, and I'm really we looking did a, forward to watching that, actually. We did a Total Party Kill uh, a session that was four hours long last night. And in between, I'm writing these articles that I have to write. Um, so, so it's been, I, I, you know, I went down to, to the South Bay for a couple of meetings, um, last week on different days. So the, that, that's many hours out of the house. So it's just been, a, it's just been a kind of crazy time and, and crazier. I made it crazier than it needed to be by, uh, agreeing to some stuff, not realizing it would be during a crazy time, which maybe is my fault. But so as a result, yeah, it's, it's, uh, this is, this is what happened last year, more or less. And I, I told my wife at the time that just because I was starting this new thing where I was doing this myself and I was suddenly working it, it, all weekend and insane hours and all of that, that it wouldn't be like that forever. Um, and that was true, but we're back to that time of year where that is actually, you know, that is true for the, for the last two weeks, that's been the case where, um, other than like planned things like, um, you know, we're going to go somewhere for these hours. Other than that sort of thing, it's been pretty much all work uh, for the last couple of weeks. It's pretty crazy. So I'm a, I'm a frazzled uh, mess right now is what I'm trying to say. Talking about uh, a year, we'll come to that a little later on in the show today. We have mm-hmm. an Ask Upgrade question about your one year at Six Colors. Uh, but we'll get to that a little later on. But before we do that, should we address some follow-up? And follow out. Yeah, let's do it. So I want to talk about my iCloud woes again. Uh, oh, good. It's been an interesting week for feedback. Um, my feedback in regards to this show has uh, three. It's taken three different um, kind of avenues. Uh, one avenue is people telling me that I shouldn't be saying negative about Apple. Um, <laughs> sure. Well, that's inevitable. If you say something negative about Apple, people will say you shouldn't do that 
However, I have had way more people agreeing with me because this is this this is this specific thing, the iCloud stuff and the watch stuff seem to be problematic for many people. Oh yeah. Um and the other thing has been people telling me what they have done uh, to fix their iCloud problems. I have seen so I'll just give you a couple of of, of things. Some people tell me to reinstall um so to to reinstall iOS 9 from scratch. People telling me that I was definitely on the beta. I can assure you that I'm not. Um, people telling me to just reboot my device. People telling me to install Yosemite on the Mac. I don't know what that one was about, uh, but that was another one. Mm-hmm. The list just went on and on. So the conclusion that I drew, that iCloud is broken in some way and it needs a reset of some kind, but that reset differs person to person. Like, there is a issue at the yeah. moment with iCloud and it requires something but it seems like they are vastly different because I tried obviously rebooting it I'm not I have uh, you know I have I'm running Yosemite and El Capitan on two different Macs mm-hmm. um, I am not having these problems with my iPad as I mentioned so it's kind of all over the map but what I did do I told you last last week that you should log out and back in just to try that and that's the same premise right which is something is weird so let's change the iCloud state to something else and see if that resolves what, what's going on, question mark. So I did log out and log back in of iCloud, which is a horrific thing to do because everything beeps and flashes. Yes. Um, Throws but, little boxes in your face like, yep. please enter a password. Please, please enter a password. I beg you. But it is the right thing to do, I think, because it is so baked into so much stuff. Like, just signing out and never signing back in again, which some people may do, is a terrible idea. Um, th- it worked. So when I signed back in again, I was able to perform an update and I got backup. Sorry. Um, but now it's broken again on the new phone. <laughs> Found out last night. Just checking. I thought, ah. oh, I should just check because I have a, a weekly OmniFocus uh, reminder. Like a weekly I'm going to focus task at the moment to remind me to just back up my phone to my Mac, right? Just plug it in, back it up, do it once a week. Once a week is fine for me because I don't feel like I'm going to lose too much stuff. Most stuff gets pushed into the cloud in some manner anyway. Uh, so I thought, let me just check before I say, you know, before I delete this task because, you know, because I don't need it anymore. And my 6 plus, uh, 6S plus, I can't get that right. 6S mm. plus uh, is not backing up to iCloud at the moment. Um, and I tried to perform two backups and they both failed. So this morning I signed out of iCloud again, back in, and it did perform an update. However, I'm not convinced that it is updating, that it is backing up everything. I keep saying update when I mean backup as well. I'm all over the shop today. Uh, I'm not convinced that it is performing a full backup because, for example, when I look at what's in the next backup, just the pure storage amounts taken up is way more. Right, so it's saying that currently, my the current iPhone that I have, which is uh, I've given it the name Mike was right, which I, I very much enjoyed <laughs> when I had that idea. And the backup size currently is three gigabytes, but the next backup size there is four gigabytes of photos. Now I haven't taken a gigabyte of photos in the last six hours, so I have no idea what's going on. Maybe maybe photos are being downloaded from iCloud or something. I'm not a hundred percent sure what's going on, but it did perform a backup. So it's now a case of me keeping my eye on this again. But So I will urge again everybody who's listening who thinks that their phone may be backing up to iCloud just to double check because there is something wrong right now and I'm not sure if it is tied to the beta in some way. 
um, having run the, you know, if you have run the betas and mm-hmm. then go on forward to the standard release versions, if because you ran the betas, it's done something crazy to your iCloud. Um, a couple of people wrote in to remind me um, that that $7.99 a year, 25 gigabyte tier for my iCloud storage was probably not really worth holding on to anymore considering that a new, uh, that now the 50 gigabyte is something like £9 a year, £9.48 a year. So I have upgraded to the 50 gigabyte now. Uh, because when they changed the pricing, it's now made it way more worthwhile to just go for that. So it was bugging me about iCloud backup and also reminding me to put, you know, oh, you should be doing all your photos. So I was like, okay, whatever, just get the 50 gigabytes and I'm, I'm good. So that's that. And the last thing, the new phone has fixed my tethering problem. Oh, good. So that's one of these things is fixed. Um, so that's that. So I will <laughs> I will continue to update people in iCloud Corner um, over the next couple of weeks. But there is, there's something going wrong. I have had a few people say to me that they were having these problems, but the 9.1 beta has fixed them. So potentially in a couple of weeks' mm. time, uh, it will all go away again. But there does seem to be an issue. I'm happy that I'm not alone, and I'm hoping that, uh, that something is being done about it. That's good. That's good. I... I um... And this isn't really iPhone review related, so I, I'll mention it here, I think, is um, my observation while transferring to a new phone last week is that this just isn't simple enough. Like, um, there's too much. Like, if you do, if you restore from an iCloud backup, which I think is a very common thing because a lot of people use iCloud backups now, you have to re-enter in all your passwords. So even if it all works fine, you, you have to enter in all the passwords again. And if you uh, if you use the encrypted backup method, which uses iTunes, there are issues there too. It is true that if you restore from an encrypted backup on iTunes, that you don't have to re-enter in your your most of your passwords. You still have to enter in your iCloud ID, and you have to put in your Apple Pay uh, a security code, and you have to retrain Touch ID, which I kind of understand from the way they're built technically to be secure and to have the software not know sort of what the secrets are, but even then, you have to deal with iTunes, <laughs> and iTunes is a is a gigantic pain, um, especially if you haven't synced to it for a while. It says, "I want to transfer your content," and that that can take forever. And then, even though it did transfer my content, I still when I re- came back, it still needed to download a whole bunch of apps from the App Store, even though those apps were sitting on my device, which was frustrating. Um, and I would I keep thinking about people who rely on tethering, right, and have metered data, or or just people who have metered data in any instance. It's like, wait a second, this data is on my phone, and yet you're going to re-download it from the internet anyway. So that's kind of frustrating, and you just having to resort to iTunes. And I had that moment where I thought, you know, Apple needs to make this, especially in a world where people are are potentially going to be upgrading their iPhones every year, this needs to be better. This needs to be so much better. Apple needs to put some work into having, uh, you know, somebody on Twitter said to me, why why can't you put two phones next to each other and say, all right, I want to transfer from A to B. And I know there are technical reasons why that might be difficult, but... My integration assistant exists. Yeah. uh, Even if... Even if... You know, well, there might be space considerations. The new phone, although the new phone, if it's completely empty, 
um, you know, could it take, could it receive a, a big data packet from, from the, the other phone and then, and then do things with it and then, and then reboot or something? Or even if you used a computer as, a, as an intermediary and you needed to do that, perhaps there would be a simpler way than going through iTunes where you could plug in the phone and, and launch the iPhone migration utility and press a button and have it suck everything in and then hook up the new phone and press a button and have it, have it do that. But um, whatever, whatever the approaches are, and iCloud kind of is like that, except then you enter in a million passwords because um, it seems like people are, are uh, also confusing iCloud Keychain, which is used for logging into websites and autofilling in Safari. Um, iCloud Keychain does not, to my knowledge, remember your Gmail password, right, or anything like that. Anything that's saved as a stored password in the system, in preferences, those are flagged as being passwords, and they're not backed up because they don't want to put your passwords on iCloud. So it's, you know, it's kind of a mess. And and although it's better than it was, I feel like this is one of those areas where Apple needs to make it a better experience for its customers that that if they're you know, it, it, you're more likely to upgrade your phone if it's an easy experience to upgrade your phone and you don't lose data, uh, lose uh, you know, have have a frustration where you have to look up passwords, um, you know, let's make it as easy as possible so that people are really um, enthusiastic about upgrading and don't have their upgrade experience sort of soured by uh, having a painful upgrade. And I haven't even mentioned the Apple Watch yet, which it feels like Apple yeah. just completely forgot or punted about the fact that people were going to buy new iPhones and need to repair their Apple Watches because there's no transfer procedure at all for an Apple Watch to move between phones. You have to unpair it. It wipes itself. Then you need to repair it, and then it loads from a backup, which may not contain all your data. I lost a couple of days of fitness data, even though I followed what I thought were all the the proper steps. And again, I understand technically why, but it shouldn't. It's yeah. not a good experience. It needs to be better. All right, Jason, you've lit a fire in me now because <laughs> <laughs> I had so many problems setting up my phone. I'm sorry to everybody who tuned in uh, hoping I feel better. I, I have many nice things to say later in the show about my 6S Plus because Mike was right all over again. But I do want to talk about my setup process. Before we do that, let me thank Fracture. So Fracture is sponsoring this week's episode. We love Fracture. Um, and Fracture love you guys. And they also want to say a ginormous thank you to every single one of you who have been buying Fractures and giving Fracture a chance to print your favorite photos. Fracture is that company that will take your favorite images, print them directly onto a piece of glass for you so you can proudly display or give as gifts. As we said before, we love Fracture. We love the prints that they create. Both me and Jason have them hanging on our walls at home. And it's also great working with them. And I love seeing all of the photos of the awesome prints that people have made. And they send me pictures of them on Twitter. So I really like that because it's a nice thing because I get to see the pictures that people love. And I get and they tell me that they're happy with their fractures. So that makes me feel happy when our listeners are happy with the sponsors and the products that they provide as well. The team at Fracture is super passionate about helping people display and celebrate their memories and accomplishments with the beautiful glass prints that they produce. And we love that you are helping support them and us by, by ordering them and purchasing them. But now listen up. This, uh, this seems kind of crazy of me talking about it now, but the holidays are coming up. Now, every fracture is printed and hand-assembled in their fractury in Gainesville, Florida. Do you like fractury, Jason? It's quite special, right? It's That's lovely. Part. 
but they have specifically requested that we mention that if you're considering giving a fracture or two as gifts this December, you need to start making plans now because their queue always fills up fast with holiday orders. So to avoid disappointment, you should be ordering as soon as possible because fracture prints really do make amazing gifts for family and friends. So rescue those photos that are just hidden away on your devices and pick a few to have on show at home or at work, wherever you want. Head on over to FractureMe.com to learn more and get started. And if you use the code UPGRADE, you will not only get yourself 15% off your first order, you'll also help support this show. Once again, big thanks to Fracture for supporting Relay FM. And don't forget to send your pictures along of your fractures when you get them. So They're beautiful. They really are. So mm. I, I feel... And, and, and I agree with you that there are many problems here. And, and what I think is Apple's current stance on privacy is making iPhone setup harder and more frustrating. Yeah, I mean, they've made their lives more difficult. And yeah. I, again, their stance on privacy, I think, is is rightly so. This It's a lot easier if you're Google and you have all the things in the cloud to do things with all of those things. And Apple, I mean, total tangent, but when I talk to Apple about the Photos app um, for Mac, which I wrote the book about, and I'm going to do an update of that for El Capitan, and, and how all that stuff syncs, it's the same thing, right? Which is because they're not going to put all of your face facial recognition data in the cloud, which is in part, at least for privacy reasons, it makes uh, a lot of things more complicated in photos because if you have two Macs syncing to iCloud Photo Library, they can't share the face recognition database because it's it stays on the machine. So, you know, there are a lot of these cases where Apple's strategy, which is, you know, we could argue about which came first, whether it was that Apple's business model, it makes uh, leads to these kind of privacy things or whether it is a choice to have privacy uh, and then that permeates the products. But either way, it makes their job harder. So I have said this many times. Like I think that my idea of privacy uh, is different to many others in that I'm willing to accept uh, trade-offs where I think that I get benefit from them. So I would really love if I could say to Apple, even if just on this one occasion whilst I'm doing this backup, take the data and just promise me you'll delete it afterwards. And I know that that is so ideal, but it doesn't bother me if they have it anyway, right? And I'm talking about, like, health data and Apple Pay information. And I know that, well, the Apple Pay information is slightly different because there's so many legal reasons why they can't have your credit cards on file in that way so they can make purchases, blah, 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 blah. I get all of that. Because that's needed so people can't steal your data from your phone, all that kind of stuff. But there are so many things now that you you perform a backup, you set up your phone, and it's like you now need to enter this in again, you need to enter this in again, this in again, and this and this and this. Oh, and if you do the iCloud backup and restore, which we try and push to you is the preferred one, some of this data just will not come over. So it's gone. Right. So imagine you right. sell your for, phone again, and you don't know. It's gone. Again, for good for good reasons, right? For good reasons why those things are flagged as not to be backed up because you don't want to have this device resident security stuff. It, what's the point if you then put it in the cloud? Because then they get your password and yep. um, and they've uh, if they get your iCloud password, then they have all of your other uh, app passwords and service passwords and all of that. It's a it's a huge issue. So totally understood why you wouldn't do it. But boy, that leads to this whole other set of problems. But then my other question is, why can't I do an encrypted iCloud backup? Like Apple, don't Apple claim that iMessage is encrypted and they don't have the keys? 
Right. So the idea would be you'd you'd set your um you'd set your iCloud backup with a password. Yeah. And 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 I I think the challenge. Yeah, I mean, I I am not an encryption expert, so I think that would be the question. Is there may be a technical reason why, but uh, but yeah, I've had that same thought, which is you know let me let me encrypt, let me do something to provide extra protection, so I can do uh, something that protects this uh, even more. Because I think what you, you want is another layer. You don't want it. You don't want it just protected with the iCloud layer. That's why they don't uh, save that stuff. You would want a, another element. So if they even if they broke into your iCloud. Uh, account they couldn't rifle through your disk images for all of those secrets because they they would be extra encrypted. Well, one reason may be because of technical challenges involving um, incremental backups. It strikes me as being a possible, but I don't know. Again, this is not my this is not my area, and this is this is the thing that's difficult. Is I, I'm I think neither of us are saying that these are not difficult problems. It's just when we think of sort of the bar Apple set in terms of the user experience, this stuff is problematic, and and there may be good reasons why why this stuff is the way it is, some of which may be technical, some of which I suspect are probably organizational or things that they they have legacy software. I, like, I was talking to Leo Laporte this weekend when I was on the new screensavers um, about, uh, he was like, why does it keep asking for my iCloud password? Like it, it keeps asking me over and over again. And I've had that experience too sometimes. And, and you know, my gut feeling there is that there, there are stuff that Apple could probably build that made... Uh, you know, made you get prompted a lot less. Uh, but there are a bunch of different systems, and they're not really quite connected right because they were built separately over time. And I think that's part of this too. Is you know, which is again, there are lots of reasons. But all we can see as users, um, which is who we are, is that it's not a good experience, and that that's a, a place where Apple should uh, should do better. And Apple may very well know that it needs to do better there. Um, but it remains that the Apple Watch transfer experience was poor and uh, a lot of these iPhone migrations are not particularly uh, strong. And it would seem to me, like I said earlier, that, gosh, if you're Apple and iPhone sales are the most important thing you do, that making uh, finding ways to reduce the friction on getting a new iPhone should be uh, pretty high up on the priority list. I completely agree. Um, so... The thing that I found the most frustrating, though, was the Apple Watch. Like, it's probably one of the worst uh, user experiences I've had of an Apple product. The fact that I have to delete my watch to and all of the data on it to pair yeah. it with another device. Like, that right. is and again, madness. And I know, yeah. I, I feel like I have an understanding of why. Because a lot of the data is shared from one to the other and that kind of thing. But it's, like, that is crazy. Yeah. It's um again, technically the way the Apple Watch is set up, it is set up with um pairing, right? It's set up with this slave relationship. It is tied to your iPhone. It is it is a a little satellite of your iPhone. Okay. Um but you would think that you could build it so with keeping in mind that people do change their iPhones, you would think you could build it in a way so that um, there's a transfer process of some sort. Like, how do I make it so I can authenticate on two devices, two iPhones, 
and make this easier. Yeah, sometimes you're going to lose your device. You're going to it's going to fall in the river, and you're going to need to restore your your Apple Watch from a backup on a new iPhone. But what if you've got both devices and you just bought a new iPhone? Is there a way that we can make this process simpler than the idea that you're going to wipe the Apple Watch? <laughs> have it be a complete blank and then go to the new phone and restore and then go through the Apple Watch setup again because that's what it is now basically yeah and it's it's kind of just this it's just crazy to me I mean because my problem was I was having some issues uh, downloading apps uh, from the App Store because I did an I, I did an iTunes backup but I mm-hmm. had this same thing where half of my apps, didn't install they just weren't there like they just weren't there at all and i had to sit for about three hours and basically recreate my phone again <laughs> yeah because even the apps that were showing on the home screens as being there weren't downloading i had to go in and manually download them all there was this bug with app thinning yeah which it tur- turns out is is a, is a problem and apple ended up having to issue a tech note about it and and actually now when you do a migration there's a there's like a warning about app thinning that comes across that they've inserted in the process somewhere somehow using some sort of flag that they can set um and it did strike me that app thinning one of the disadvantages of app thinning which the idea that you could drop out resources that are not for your particular model of device is that it does make it harder or impossible essentially to do a completely uh completely uh what free from cloud restore because if I've got iPhone model A and I just bought the, you know, I got, I've got i got a 6S and I just bought the shiny new iPhone 7, right? And it's got a shiny new processor and it, we've got app thinning and the resources that I need for the 7 are not the same as the 6. Then I can't do a uh, an iTunes backup encrypted with all of my apps on it because even if the apps are the same, the data is not the same anymore because of app thinning. So that adds a whole other layer of complication. Unfortunately, uh, it bit everybody this time because of the bug in app thinning that made everybody, you know, they warned everybody should update all of their apps. Um, I, I guess they changed a flag which turned app thinning off, it sounds like. So if you did an update, it would download the full app instead of the thin version. And yeah. then you could do a, you could do an upgrade. But, um, you know, I didn't, I don't think I lost apps other than some beta apps, which that happens if you're not in test flight or whatever. Um, I think I lost some of those, but I, I didn't lose them. But I, I did have that ghostly, you know, like, oh, these need to re-download. And those, that re-download process is also not that great a lot of the time where it stalls. You've got, I had like 30 apps that just said waiting and it was unclear what we were all waiting for Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i did a restart and then i ended up logging out and logging back into the app store and that is the thing that finally kicked it off oh see i didn't think to do that i just sat and was like i basically just downloaded everything again but the great the really weird thing and it's not weird but it felt weird uh was that even though like i downloaded the app that wasn't like so i downloaded an app from the store but all my data was in it it was very strange. Like I know that the data comes over. Like that's how the iTunes backup process works now. Is my understanding, is that you back up the data to iTunes and the data comes back over to the phone. But then the apps come from the store. I can't think. I don't know why they're doing this. Uh, like I don't know why everything that I update doesn't come straight over again. It might have something to do with yeah. purchase transfer maybe wasn't complete, but it was a whole big rigmarole. And basically this part, the fact that I spent so many hours dealing with it was what annoyed me the most about having to, for example, re-enter Apple Pay and do the watch because I was already spending so much time doing all of that. I then had to go in and, and add all this stuff in again, uh, which was a pain. It was definitely a pain. 
but yeah, I, I think that this stuff could be better. I don't know what the tools are <laughs> to make it better. Um, well, yeah, and that's the thing is, and I don't doubt. I I don't think, and this is the thing when when I think people who follow Apple and like Apple stuff um, get frustrated by media coverage of this that that makes uh, stupid assumptions, and then you know the Macalope comes in and knocks them on the head. And I don't want to make any dumb assumptions here. I don't want to assume that Apple thinks this is all great, right? Because I, I bet you there are lots of people at Apple and, you know, maybe even at the executive level, but I'm sure there are people down in the uh, in the in the trenches who know that this is frustrating and probably know exactly why this is this is as frustrating as it is. And my guess, like I said, is that there are lots of legacy issues here, lots of things, different web services that grew up over time and are all connected in different ways to iOS. And even if Apple is very clear that they want to push them all together and in some cases maybe have pushed them together, it's just not all there yet. Um, um, it's very, you know, that's why I'm always hesitant. We've talked about this on the show before. I'm always hesitant to say, well, here's the solution, because you don't actually know what the internal issues are. It is kind of a black box. But we can look at it from the outside as users and say, wow, um, this isn't any better. Like, you know, especially if you go through it once a year, um, you once a year, you've got your little check in of like, how's the migration experience going with with iCloud and with getting a new iPhone? And we get to check in and see. And, you know, you you it, over that year, you're like, oh, well, this is probably improved in the last year and then you and then you go into it and you're like no it actually is not any ba- better and in fact with the addition of the apple watch it's kind of worse and with the app um thinning thing it got it, it got extra complicated and, and worse so you know that, that that's the bottom line is that is that uh it, it's got to be better it needs to be better i mean this this does go to my, my general feeling right now and i'm kind of the, the flag that i'm waving is that my i'm concerned that these devices are getting too complicated um, mm. As they're having to add new features constantly, mm. they're getting way, way too complicated for a new user, for for a less technically uh, advanced user, and or people are just completely missing that some things even exist in their phones. Yeah, it's 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 a tough because they are more complex, right? And so Apple wants to add features and make these things more complex without making them more complicated, and that is tricky. And uh, yeah, you get a new phone and it asks, you know, there's like a wizard, <laughs> like the old Microsoft concept of a wizard. There's an assistant. There's this thing that walks you through. Like, would you, you know, would you like to turn on location services? Would you like to turn on Touch ID? Would you like to log into iCloud or make an iCloud uh, or an Apple ID? You know, would you like to send information to Apple? Would you like to send information to third-party developers? You know, it it uh, there's a lot like going on to a new iPhone is like a job interview a little bit. There's a lot of stuff before you get to the home screen and can start launching apps. And, you know, there are reasons why all of those questions are there. And I'm not saying that maybe they should all go away. But the fact is, you know, it it used to be easier (laughs) and with every new feature it seems like it gets a little more difficult and with every new security and privacy feature it gets a little more complicated there's another screen you need to go through and yeah you only have to go through it once a year or every two years i'll grant you that but still um you know i i I see people get new iphones and have this same frustration you know this happened the the last time my wife got a new iphone she was like uh, you know, it's asking me about this and that and this now. It's like, yeah, that's you got to do it, and yep. it just it it feels like work, and it may be necessary, but it it doesn't necessarily lead to a uh, super happy, uh, joyous experience. Which let's let's be clear here, you know, getting a new iPhone should be a super happy, joyous experience, right? It yeah. should be. 
It, sh- it should be. And everything that happens that makes it less of that is something that there's got to be somebody at Apple saying, we got to do better because... You know, that's the that's their whole business. I mean, two thirds of their business is, is selling new iPhones. So the onboarding experience of a new iPhone needs to be as awesome as possible. And I, I think it's not. The complexity thing, I don't blame Apple for it, um, but it's just the situation that they're in. These things have to become more complex as the demand for new features increases as well. Like there's nothing yeah. they can do about it, right? They've got to put new stuff in these devices, but there is an issue that it makes them more complex. Yeah, well, I mean, you add Touch ID, and then you need to do you need to set up Touch ID every time, and you've got all the data stored in the secure element where it can't come back out, and so you can't just copy. First off, even if the hardware and there's new Touch ID sensors, so who's to say that the the whole training process and the hardware is not different under there? Like, even if you could pull out your ID information, your fingerprint information, and transfer it. W- you know, would would it work, <laughs> or has the hardware changed and the specs have changed, and it actually needs you? But even if it doesn't need you to retrain because of that, it needs you to retrain because they put security in place to not get that data out. And you know, that's a choice, and it's I think maybe a good choice, but it does mean that's a whole set of training that you have to redo when you move to the new phone. And you could, you know, adding an Apple Watch complicates it further. And it's just, it's all in there. It's 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 a hard problem. Um, and I, you know, we see both, both of us see Apple uh, struggling with it. And I think we have to say they're struggling with it. This is, you know, th- there's there's a lot of room to, to grow here. Yeah, I don't think anybody does a good job of this type of stuff, like the migration process, but Apple is not doing a good one either. And that's the one that I go through the most. Yeah, and our expectations are pretty high. Like, uh, Google's is worse. It actually brings over less information. Especially you go from device vendor to device vendor. It's my my own experiences with it is, I it's been very hit or miss as to what it actually provides you with. Um, it's been a while since I since I used an Android phone, but the last time I did, my impression was if it's stuff you've got in Google and your Google ID unlocks it, you are in good shape. And everything else, meh, yeah, not so much. All right, I want to get over this hump and actually talk about some happy things and some good things um, about my, my new device here. Before we do that, let's take a moment to thank Casper, the online retailer of premium mattresses that you can get yourself for a fraction of the price that you will find mattresses in stores. The mattress industry has always forced consumers into paying high prices, and Casper is here to revolutionize mattress world by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and showrooms and passing that saving directly on to you the consumer a casper mattress provides resilience and long-lasting supportive comfort casper mattresses are one of a kind they have created their own type of mattress technology they combine a new hybrid mattress that has latex and memory foam in it It's, it's very very fancy jason i know that you are a casper man are you not (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say that. I I do sleep on a Casper mattress every night when I am I am in my house, um, and it's uh, very nice. It's a it's a it's a very comfortable mattress. It we our old mattress was not. Um, it was like uh, sleeping on a trampoline. It was you sit on one side, the cat flies off the other side, and this new one is just uh, when they say it's just got the right sink and the right bounce. That's that's about that's about it. That, that that's well crafted. That describes the the feeling when you lay down on it. It, it it's uh it's uh, comfortable and risk-free which is the i think the most beautiful thing about it because you can you can uh send it back if you don't like it yep they have a 100 day return period it's completely risk-free to buy a casper mattress you can try it out on your own 
bed in your own home and sleep on it and make sure that is right for you. And if it isn't, they will pick it up for free and return it. So they will, they will, you will get a refund and they will come away and they will pick it up for you because they understand the importance of truly trying out a mattress um, that in all reality, you'll probably be spending a big chunk of your life on, like a third of your life in most instances. Usually mattresses can often cost well over $1,500, but Casper mattresses cost between $500 for a twin-size mattress, $750 for a full, $850 for a queen, and $950 for a king. And all Casper mattresses are made in America. Casper mattresses are shipped to you in a box. Opening them is an experience all of its own. Your mattress basically comes to life as it breathes back in the air because they vacuum pack them to make sure that they go in these uh, kind of impossibly sized small boxes. Listeners of this show can get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash upgrade and using the code upgrade at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. See casper.com slash upgrade for details. Thank you so much to Casper for sponsoring this show and Relay FM. So I reserved my phone uh, on the Apple Store app uh, late one night in Portland. And uh, yes. it was the best decision I've made in a long time because I was planning to go to the store because I'm fed up of the uh, lackluster delivery companies we have here in the UK. Uh, I arrived at the, the Apple Store that I wanted to go to. I, I kind of got there about half past eight in the morning. I think the store was open to eight maybe. Uh, the line to get a phone was huge hundreds of people deep um and the line for reserving was like 20 people deep so i felt very good about that you just mm. get your time slot um you get in the line and then when your time slot comes up they will call you know say like oh the 8:45 time slot please come forward you go there and you, i just gave them my name and some a guy come and uh, collected me from the line and we went into the store it was crazy busy in the store like they had hundreds of iPhones sitting on that big counter at the back, you know, you know mm. the one like the right at the right at the very back. I think it's the Genius Bar in this store anyway. Uh, they right. had loads and loads of, of phones there, and there was just store members running to and fro, to and fro, to and fro all day. Like, did you pick one close to you, or did you pick one that you know is less, uh, you know, less busy? Or did you have any strategy about which uh, store you? Picked? I just picked the closest because I knew I was going right. to be leaving early in the morning. It's a relative, but it's a relatively busy one. But all Apple stores in London are busy. Because they're they're big stores in big malls. We don't have like local stores like in some right. in some cities. Um, we have like five or six, and they're all huge, including two of the largest in the world. And I actually think the Covent Garden is the biggest Apple store per square foot in the world. Um, hmm. So there you go, a little fact for you. Um, nice step. The Covent Garden store is beautiful and it is huge. Um, it's the nicest Apple store that I've been to. Anyway, uh, but I went to uh, one in a mall here in Stratford in in London because it's the one that's closest to my home. Um, and I kind of I kind of uh, ruined everything for this poor guy because I wanted to buy a watch band as well, and and it, it ruined everything for him. Oh, because he had to like get someone to go into the back to pick one up, and he was like, we were waiting, we were chatting for a few minutes, and you know, we were just chit chatting, and he was very nice. We were talking about how busy the day was and stuff. But they're optimized for for yeah. uh, you know, come and get your phone, leave, come and get your phone, leave, next, 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 and you were like, oh, a watch band, please. Yeah, I think they might actually be uh, kind of targeted on that day, maybe, to do that. Mm. Like, you know, the amount of pickups that you had. But I bought right. Apple Care, so that probably balanced it out for him. Because I expect mm. that, you know, if you sell Apple Care, you are probably, you know, in good books. I'm sure that, that is still a retail thing. Like, yes, well done, Apple Care. Um, I buy it because the phone's so big, right? It's more likely that I'll drop it. And I actually mm-hmm. had the 
closest call of all time whilst walking to the Apple store with my old phone in my hand. I hit it and it span out and I just caught it before it landed the ground. Uh, it would have smashed to pieces, <laughs> which I thought was quite funny. I just get there and like, oh, I broke it. Can I buy a new one? Um, but whilst whilst the we were waiting for the watch, the watchman to come and the guy was kind of getting a little bit impatient, so he went into the back. So I'm kind of just standing there, and then I heard one uh, Apple Store representative ask her her manager. She said, "Can I quickly pop to the loo?" And the manager says, "Very quickly, yes." That shows how busy they were. Hmm. She felt like she had to ask, and when she did, he was like, yeah, but you have to be super fast. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, that's how busy they are on these days. Uh, look, the guy told me like he was there at like five in the morning or something like that. It's, yeah, I, I can't even imagine what these days are like for the Apple Store stuff. Um, but yeah, I bought my uh, 6S Plus in white and silver. Um, I have a midnight blue case, and I bought a midnight blue watch band. And I also have a orange case as well, silicon cases. Um, wow. I went a bit crazy with it, but I really love these colors, the orange and the midnight blue. I love them both. Um, so I'm very happy that I got them both. Do you have your own iPhone? Did you buy one? I don't have one yet. Okay. So that that, that is to come. I, I just decided since I was going to get the review units and I wanted to spend time with, with them that I would just deal with getting a, a phone later. And you got your review unit the day before, right? Or something like that? On the on the Thursday. Okay. And what, what model do you have? Uh well it's the I have the six and the six or the six S and the six S plus. Um uh space gray six S and it's a silver six S plus. I'm surprised you didn't go for one of the Funky colors, especially on the plus, because I know you won't leave the house without. Well, thing. you don't. You don't get to choose. They they sort of ask oh, okay. what you uh, what you want. And my understanding was that everybody wanted the rose gold, and I said I didn't care if it was rose gold yeah. or not. Because I guess if you're going to be taking photos, take photos of yeah. the new one, right? That yeah. makes sense. So my feelings with the phone once I'd actually gotten it through uh, upgrade hell, um, that might be a new segment on the show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Everything. It's the new name of the podcast. It's Upgrade Hell on Relay FM. Everything on this phone feels faster. It's crazy. Oh yeah. To me. Typing feels faster. Like there's no. I don't <laughs> feel lag on the keys. Um, the speed and the snappiness is definitely noticeable. Like uh, there's no. This is one thing that I was noticing on my uh, six uh, six plus was the like a little lag when you pull down to search for an app. That's mm-hmm. gone with the 6S Plus for me. There's no lag there when you do the little pull down to to search for apps and spotlight search. Yep. Um, the home button is way clickier. It's way clickier. Yeah. And I expect that Touch ID is something to do with that. Yes. That's well. I mean, it's a new sensor, right? So, so that that's a, it's whatever that is in that button. It's new. <laughs> it's a it's a different one than the last one, and it definitely uh, feels and sounds clickier. There's more to it than there was in the in the, in the six models. The uh, Taptic Vibrate motor is awesome. I agree. Feels better and is way quieter. It was like every time yeah. uh, I had a message on my uh, 6 Plus before I turned vibration off, basically, it was like a, a an airplane was taken off. It was <laughs> so loud, but now that they have fixed that and it's great. Um, Touch ID is like fast to the point that it's too fast. It's crazy. 
Well, I, I saw somebody on Twitter speculate that maybe the reason that Apple hasn't invested a lot in uh, lock screen complications or that sort of idea on the phone is that you're never going to see the, the lock screen. You put your finger down and boom, it's gone. They made live wallpapers, though. Yeah, I know. I know. It's just funny because I'm I'm almost never going to see the unless I'm uh, unless I'm even when I just try to push my thumb down on the button to bring up the lock screen to check the time. Let's say um, it unlocks. Yeah. It's like <laughs> it I know I, we both know that there is another button that performs this action, but that's yeah. not the button I've ever pressed. No, that's I, that's exactly right. Well, yeah, it, it is a. Um, yeah, the Touch ID is crazy fast. Because I mean, even doesn't... before Touch ID days, I press the home button and then swipe to unlock. Sure. You know, that was how I did it. So like, Yeah, me too. I can't m- imagine myself getting out of this uh, idea. But luckily, we don't need our phones to see the time anymore because we have tiny computers have... strapped to our wrists. Exactly right. So it doesn't matter. So instead, we can press that side button and then uh, do a 3D touch on the screen and watch, uh, watch everything move. Um. I would like to suggest, I tried to tweet this, uh, but people misunderstanding me, so I, I, I deleted the tweet. I would like to, to, to play a game for everybody here, which I think is kind of crazy. If you lock your phone and press the, the lock button so the screen lights up, and just tap your finger on the home button. So like you try and make sure that you, you get a good contact with the, with the metal ring. Uh, just tap it as quickly as you can, and it surprises me just how little information it needs to read it. Like a millisecond it's doing this reading in. Because you can just tap it very, very fast and the phone unlocks. Yeah. Um, I am kind of, my mind is kind of blown about this. I think that this is, 3D touch is awesome. Really, really great. But the t- this touch ID thing feels like a massive technical <laughs> achievement that they're underplaying. I don't know how they've managed to do this. It's crazy. Uh, because of the size of the leap that they've made. Like, it's instant now. Like, I'd, you know, I'd. Pretty much. You could make it faster, but I don't even know if it would be purposeful. Like, I guess what? The only way to make it faster is like you never even see the lock screen anymore. Yeah. Like, you just press it and it's already unlocked before your eyes can perceive that the lock screen's there. Like, I guess it's the only other thing you can do, right? I don't know. Um, I really feel the additional weight. It's, um, well, it's, it's noticeable and it is more noticeable on the plus because that's, it's, I think 20 grams heavier yeah. on the, on the plus, which, you know, to put it in perspective, if you've used the Apple leather case, it's like, um, it's that essentially, yeah. because it's, it's basically the, because the case is larger on the six plus than the six, it's basically the weight of the Apple case for your device. It's like, um, you know, that's the extra weight. And then you can put a case on there and now you're back to even, you know, another 18, 16 mm-hmm. grams more weight. I, I think it's, I think you get, you, you get used to it, but, um, but if you, if you're just, uh, going directly from one to the other, you can absolutely tell the, the, all the other dimensions I think are not noticeable at all. You have to bring out the, the, the calipers to measure them, but the weight is, you can tell it's heavier. I mean, I've only had it a few days, but I'm not used to it. Um, it reminds me of uh, the Retina iPad. You remember how huh. that got heavier, and it was like it's not that much heavier, but you notice it every time you pick it up. <laughs> it's 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 denser. I mean, it just feels it just feels denser. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it, it's true. I I I don't think it's a a big deal. At least on the 6s, 
um, you know, on the Success Plus, it may be a bigger deal. It's about it's about twenty grams, and it sounds like the reason for this is the uh, is the Touch ID stuff that they 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 have to have another layer of sensors back there. That's the three D touch. Do you mean? The, or sorry, yeah, the three D touch. It's yeah. the it's the strain strain gauges basically. It's the it's that layer that is measuring your pressure, and that's means according to the iFixit teardown, you know, the screen is heavier than it was because of that. Well, that would make, it would make sense that it's something like the screen, right? Because if it's heavier on the plus, it has to be something that's large. And obviously, is the 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 if for example, it was like a component. That doesn't make any sense, right? Because not all components are bigger because it's a bigger phone. But the well, screen and if is. it was if it was like the Taptic engine, it's replacing battery. So is it that much denser than the battery it's replacing? Yeah. But on the screen, you you're adding an entire new layer of something to the screen. Um, 3D touch. So I struggle to activate the 3D touch multitasking. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the multitasking, yeah. Yeah, I have adjusted. I have adjusted 3D touch in the settings to the lowest, um, oh. because as I've, I've mentioned this before, and I'm, I'm, I really do like 3D touch, but I, I kind of still stand by like it's not a pleasant experience. I think to just like to press harder. I don't really, I don't like that. Like tapping is nice to me. It's a nice way to interact. But like, the pushing, I don't know. There's just something in my brain which is like this is a little bit weird. I'm very sensitive at the moment to to. I'm not, I don't have them, but any I'm, I'm thinking a lot about RSI, so I think I'm just overly worried about anything that's kind of weird with my hands. If, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm a little bit. Sure. Uh, I've been getting a bit more wrist pain again recently, even though I've changed all of my equipment to try and combat this. Uh, so anything that kind of feels new and different like that is just a little bit strange to me, um, because. Uh, my my way of thinking is like is I'm holding it in one hand and then like pushing with one thumb and and I'm just mm-hmm. concerned that it's like a a, a hyperextension of some description. I don't know. I don't know enough about this stuff. I don't know the science, but it's just something I've been thinking about. But the actual, if you put that to the side, which most of the time I'm not worrying about it. Um, I really do like 3D touch. I, I think that the multitasking gesture is uh, a little bit too difficult to perform with a case. I have no problem reaching with the 6 Plus. I know that many people do, but we've mentioned before, I have big hands. Uh, yeah, I, have- I can't. There's a gesture on... Uh, so so if, you push, if, you, if you push from the left side, I keep saying push. I think that, that feels like a good verb to me, but you, rather than th- to 3D touch something. No, push, push um, works. If you push on the, on the left side and sw- start to swipe, it reveals the app switcher which is a uh it's a it's a nice gesture like like with the um just a a normal swipe where you're moving back through the interface it's a nice shortcut that is complicated if you have a case because then then the case is sitting there at that edge and it's a little harder to do it you've got to be a little more careful when you do it there is also a gesture if you continue that swipe all the way across the screen where you just quickly jump back to the previous app and it lets you kind of toggle back and forth and that's a gesture i can't do on the iphone uh, 6s plus because my my thumb doesn't go that far yeah see i can't do it uh so my 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 issue is with it is I most of the time don't know if I've successfully triggered the first part of the action until nothing happens. Mm. Um, like you can kind of you do it a little bit and it and it kind of starts to fan away and then you know you've done it. But I think it's because I have a case because as well the new silicon cases there's a higher lip on them than there was before, uh. which 
makes it even harder. Like, the lip that kind of went around the screen is higher. Now, this is probably to further protect your screen in case of it dropping, um, which is good, but it's making that gesture harder. But I don't... I mean, I'm trying it out right now, but I'm pretty fine with the double tap of the home button. Um, I don't know if I needed this personally uh, myself. I have kind of worked out a way of doing it that works more often than not, which is kind of like pushing with the tip of my thumb and then rocking my thumb backwards. Um, This is difficult to explain. Uh, Kind of like rocking my thumb backwards, like rolling it across the screen. Anyway, I can't explain this. It's too difficult. Um, But I love the peek and pop stuff. Uh, I like that I can read messages without marking them as read uh, or taking the badge off. So, like, you can read a message, oh, yeah. like an iMessage, and it doesn't uh, show as read. So you still have, like, the little number, like, oh, one message unread, and it doesn't change the read receipt. Because sometimes I'm sent things that people want me to work on uh, or to do something for them, but I just want to check what it is now, and I know I'm going to do it later. So I like to know that the badge is there so it reminds me to take care of it, but I also don't want people to think that I'm ignoring them. So I like that. That's a really good thing. Um, I love the Dropbox implementation so you can peek into folders and get uh, and you can peek into previews of, of documents it's really great in safari i don't really use safari still i'm still using chrome <laughs> um, so i'm waiting now for third parties to implement this across the board i think that this will be a really really great thing for third party apps i think this is the next interaction method it adds it does add a whole new layer like you know, yeah. it really does. You can do other things you couldn't do before. Um, and I'm excited for what third parties come up with that is outside of Peek and Pop. I want to see the pull, the, the next pull to refresh from right. 3D Touch. So that yeah. excites me. The Cursor Trackpad is the best creation <laughs> that Apple have ever come up with. <laughs> so yeah, you just you just do a 3D touch on the keyboard and it goes into cursor mode like yep. with the two fingers on the uh, on the iPad, but mm-hmm. the difference is that the two fingers I find a lot of times the iPad thinks, "Oh, you just you just type something and it messes it up." Whereas with yep. this, it seems much more precise. Like when you yeah. push a little bit harder, suddenly you're using a trackpad and it's very clear and there aren't mistakes about what key you pressed. Yep. And then you can move the cursor around, which is very nice. I imagine that's even extra nice on the 6S Plus. Yeah, because I don't have to reach up to the text that failed. You know, it, yeah. it is very, I love that. I really do love it. Um, if people, you know, I would say like check out, it's in accessibility settings, by the way, for you to change the, um, the amount of force required to activate the 3D touch. Um, I would suggest just check that out. See if maybe you like it lighter or stronger. Um, I was way happier when I, when I set it to lighter. It just, just works for me to have it nice nice and light. You know, I, I like apps like Launch Center Pro and Workflow have integrated with the quick actions, which is cool. Um, I'm really excited to see what, you know, now that devs have the devices, where can we can we go with that? Um, that is really cool to me. So I'm like that. So all in all, the phone itself, I think it's fantastic. Like it's it was, I was thinking about this uh, uh, yesterday this really does feel like more than an S revision. Uh, you know, I we say that, but some of the S revisions have had some pretty impressive features. But this one is, you know, the difference between the speed of the of the S, uh, the the 6S and the 6 is so much more than the difference between the 6 and the 5S. It is so much more. 
Mm-hmm. Um, this is a huge speed speed upgrade. Let alone that it also adds the three D touch. Um, and the and, touch ID and, sensor. And the, tw- and the 12 megapixel camera and oh. the 5 megapixel front-facing camera. We haven't even I spoken mean, th- about the cameras. The camera mm-hmm. is incredible. Like the... the um, I mean, I don't know a lot about this stuff, but it's going to sound so stupid. Uh, but you know how... I think it's the focal length. Like when you can, uh, you can focus on something that's really close and it makes everything in the background blur. Um, I've yeah. been able to take pictures using that method, but I could never do before. Uh, the front-facing camera is awesome. The uh, software flash is fantastic. It's so bright. Um, I, I really like live photos. It is making me have to think about photos a little bit more than before because I yeah. have to think, like, do I want this one to be a live one or not? But but I really like it. Um, I, I think it's kind of cool. I think it's cool, but I am disappointed in how it is. Uh, well, how should I put this? It's a cool idea. I really like the idea. The way it's implemented right now, the video that it shoots is so low quality. It's like 15 frames a second. Um, and it's, you know, it's it's a four by three, but it's like 1080 basically. But it's not it's not a very high quality image. And you contrast that with the, the uh, 12 megapixel still. And I keep thinking, um, I'd almost rather have it be a series of 12 megapixel or maybe a little bit less stills around it rather than a low res video because every time I touch that high quality uh, image what I get is a low quality uh, movie and you know it's impressive technology and again this may be one of those cases where this is the way the sensor is built and the way the processor and the and the device works this is what they could do but um, I think I, when I look at this I think boy this is going to be really good in a couple of years when it when it looks like a it really looks like a Harry Potter picture where right now it's a really good picture that then goes back to a kind of mediocre video you know it's and and it is they're they're still working it out i mean it's a it's a new feature so it's a good idea but it's a new feature so like in 9.1 i guess when you drop it at the end if you drop your phone it will stop the live picture instead of like having your your live photo be include you putting the phone down um but it might also want to measure the data when you're picking the phone up so that you don't end up with, you know, the opposite of that. And I'm sure they could do that if they wanted to and trun- truncate it at different places. But it's a fun idea. Um, and I, I look forward to the day when, you know, every picture we take is is taken like this, where, you know, you ca- you captured a moment, but you also got a few seconds around it. Think, think about that. It, it captures, when you press the button, it captures the, the second and a half. It goes back in time and captures the second and a half before you press the button, which means that it's capturing video when you're in that mode all the time. It is always capturing video and buffering it so that if you need it, it will use it. That is pretty amazing. I have to say, though, um, I like that it's, it's low frame rate. I don't want video around the photo. I want something that is kind of a little bit different. So otherwise, yeah. I just take a video. Like I like that it's. I mean, I, it could pro- yes, it could be higher quality. But this is my point. I like that it's one not of sixty those. frames. Like I like that yeah. it's like you know uh, personally. Like I like that it is a little bit. Like I love that the audio is there and the audio is is running at like regular speed. You know, like it's not cut up in any way. But the the I kind of just like that it's not a video i like that it's got something a bit different about it i i feel like the reason that it's 15 frames a second is because they want it to feel not like a video yeah that maybe there's a technical reason that they're doing that too but i think it it 
it makes a statement that this is not a video. Mm -hmm. It's a series of stills. The thing is, it is a video, and the quality is so much less than the quality of the stills that I'd almost rather, and again, you know, there are probably reasons why, but I'd almost rather see it, and, and, and as a future direction, perhaps as a series of stills. Perhaps, uh, you know, instead of it being um, this resolution, it's a higher resolution at 10 or 15 frames a second around that still that you yeah. that you wanted. And it's like a burst mode, kind of, yeah. except it's always there. That would be, um, because that's, that's, my one, that's my one challenge. Also, I don't, I, I'm sure they experiment with it a bunch of ways i kind of don't like the fact that when you when you uh push on it to to activate it 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 takes your still and then it fuzzes it out and then it shows you the video because that seems it seems kind of weird to me but i understand that that given that the picture isn't quite the same that it can't really like fade into it or, or but that would be the ideal for me the ideal gesture would be that when i when i press it the the picture just kind of winds backward and then plays forward and then winds backward and plays forward or something like that um, instead of kind of drawing the curtain for a minute and then playing the video but you know i i it was a hard challenge regardless of it. So I feel like it's a good, you know, it's a it's a fun feature. And as apps support it and understand what the heck this format is um, so you can share it online, that, that will make it more fun. And, you know, I just imagine a couple generations out that this could be uh, just that much more cool and impressive than it, than this first iteration. Mikey R and Mr. Soup in the chat room have pointed out that what I was trying to say uh, was depth of field. Yeah. That was what I was going for. So I wanted to just yep. clear that up, uh, even though the tweets have already come. Yes. Some <laughs> people tweet some people tweet while they're listening. I understand and, that. I and understand there was a great that. pleasure there's a great pleasure to replying and say, and just saying, keep listening. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing that it is addressed later in the episode. You're gonna get that. That's the I danger. Like I do love the people that then listen and then say, oh, no, you just said it. Like, I like that. <laughs> but I get why people tweet because it's, it's like, listen. I'm not going to wait till the end. Like, could no. I take my notes well, and tweet forget. them at you afterwards? It's crazy. Yeah, no, I do that. And I'm in the car listening to podcasts all the time. And I'm, oh, I have a comment. I, I disagree with John Syracuse about something. And then, you know, by the time I get out of the car, it's gone. I'm going to wherever I'm going and it's not going to even happen. So I get that, like, if you have the ability to send a tweet or something about something we said, that you just do it immediately before the moment passes. It's just funny sometimes where you're like, yeah, actually, I think you're, I know where you are in the show. Wait two minutes. There it is. <laughs> we all got there together. Yep. Do you have anything else to say about the the six S? Oh, um, well, I mentioned I mentioned that it's that it's way faster. Um, I really do like three D touch. Um, the yeah, the camera. So so I didn't have to do a super in depth camera test for MacWorld where my review has run um, because uh, Chris Finn is doing a whole review of the cameras but but just to say the the 12 megapixel upgrade is nice i think that for a lot of people the 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 quality is you know it, it's it's better but it may not it's not going to blow you away about how much better it is because it's better and it's it's fine but the on the on the plus you get the optical image stabilization on on uh, video as well as still when last year it was just still i think or maybe it was just video. Now it's both. So that that's that's an improvement. And um, and the really thing is the selfie camera. The selfie camera is crazy better. And um, I'm going to have my daughter do a bunch of selfie tests for me. 
because she's an expert at selfies. <laughs> um, but it's it, because you've got not only a much better camera, but they've got the uh, selfie uh, flash mode, yeah. which is using the screen as a flash. And it's not just like drawing a white box on the screen. They actually are driving the screen brightness 300% of normal up to 300% of normal brightness. So it's way more bright than just putting a white rectangle on the screen. And then they're also doing what they do on the on the front of the camera with the true tone flash, which is they're detecting the color composition of the image and adjusting what color is on the screen when it flashes so that it's the most kind of harmonious color set for the flash. So there's a lot going on with that. Um, and this is one of those cases, it's a little bit like upgrading the camera on the iPad, where somebody at Apple's like, like the rest of us are like, nah, First time I didn't even have a camera, right? It's like, yeah, nobody needs a camera. And then, well, we'll put a camera on there because, you know, maybe you'll need it for something. And then people are everywhere taking pictures with their iPads. And you're like, oh, well, if they're going to do it, maybe we should make that a better camera. Well, that seems to be where they've gotten with the iPhone now, which is like, yeah, selfies, that is a thing. And our selfie game is not particularly strong. So previously it was for like video calling. That was why it was there. It's the FaceTime camera. I mean, it's literally, they they want it there. and, And if you're streaming video on a FaceTime call, how good does that video really need to be? And what they what they have done here is is uh, admit that selfies is a thing and they need to be better at it. And now they are much better at it because that camera is way better. And then they put the flash in too. I mean, it's not it's not perfect because it's still, you know, it, it doesn't have an actual flash and it, it's got some tech challenges, but it's so much better than it was before. Um, uh, we should say that uh, a Hoy telephone is now on uh, optionally, but it can be on all the time because they integrated the motion uh, coprocessor into the main chip, which means that they can offload a bunch of other kind of low power mode stuff so it can listen to you all the time, wait for you to say a Hoy telephone. And also um, you can train your voice. Um, it, tr- it asks you to speak some key phrases when you train it to, to activate a Hoy telephone with the hope being that your tone of voice and my tone of voice are different enough that you can't activate my phone by saying a Hoy telephone. So um, I want to test it. I want to try it. I want to see if it works. Will you allow me to do this? Because in theory, you know, I expect a large portion of our audience have upgraded. Yeah. So they should have gone through this process where if I say yep. those words, their phones won't go off. So I want to see if it works for other people listening to the show. Okay, and then people can let us know if it works or not. Yeah, I apologize to everyone who's hasn't upgraded or who this does set off, but I'm going to say it right now, and I'm going to say it in a moment, so I'm giving you enough time to skip yep. forward just a little bit. <laughs> one right? time for science. But I'm going to say this one time for science, and we'll see if my own phone goes off. Okay, ready? Yep. Hey Siri. My phone didn't do anything. So All right. That's awesome. So there you go. Okay. <laughs> Doesn't do anything. So if it if good, it worked, good. well I would love to know if you have a 6s or a 6s plus and your uh your Siri just started up. I want to know because mine didn't, right? <laughs> so so you you may have Mike's phone. Oh, do you know who did though? And who's who's doing stuff? My little watch guy, he's going crazy over here. <laughs> oh. So he just said, okay, that worked. So that's awesome. If it, what, what, I would like to know what if you have a 6S or 6S Plus and you are, are you Siri to start up? I want to know mine. <laughs> oh. But well, the phone didn't do a thing. <laughs> didn't do a thing. That is interesting. All right, let's take a break. Do some Ask Upgrade. Yeah. Let's do it. Jason, would you like to tell the listeners who is sponsoring Ask Upgrade this week? Ask Upgrade this week brought to you by Stamps.com. Um, you know, getting mailing and shipping done. I have a bunch of things I have to ship out. In fact, this week, they're sitting here in a box 
And the beauty of it is all I have to do is get them ready to go and hand them to my letter carrier. I don't need to go to the post office. Going to the post office takes up valuable time. Leasing a postage meter for your business can be very expensive with multi-year commitments and hidden fees. There is a better way. That better way is stamps.com. Because with stamps.com, you can buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter or package, like the packages I'm going to be sending out. You know what I'm sending out, Mike? I'm sending out the Parsec Award trophies to my panelists for the incomparable. Look at that. You get multiple trophies? You can ask for them. They, they'll send you one, but you can buy extra ones if you want. And I have a lot of panelists, so I have a lot of uh, little uh, trophies here that I'm going to send out to them. Nice. And I'm going to send them out using stamps.com, um, using my own computer and printer. I will uh, I'll weigh the trophy package, so we'll know exactly how much it weighs, and then I'll put in the information of where I'm shipping them. And then I print out labels and put them on the boxes and hand them to my letter carrier, and that's it. They'll get the trophies. They're out of my garage and I can reclaim that space and use it for something else. Um, and stamps.com is uh, way easier than a postage meter at a fraction of the cost. 80%, up to 80% you can save using stamps.com instead of a postage meter. And again, as we've established, you get to avoid being around the people at the post office, which I really like because no offense, post office, I don't want to be there. Especially as we get into the holidays, I really don't want to be there because it gets more crowded and more crazy, and I don't like it. It's hectic in the post office. Stamps.com, it's $15.99 a month. That's it. There's no long-term multi-year commitment, no markups on postage, and you can even get special postage discounts with Stamps.com. It's really a no-brainer. Use our promo code, which is Upgrade, the name of the show. You should know the name of the podcast you're listening to. Um, Go to Stamps.com. and enter, you click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, type in upgrade, and this is what you'll get, a no-risk trial, and there's a $110 bonus offer, which includes a digital scale and up to $55 in free postage. Stamps.com, top of the homepage, type in upgrade. Thank you so much to Stamps.com for supporting this show, all of Relay FM, and for helping me mail those trophies out without going to the post office. So the first Ask Upgrade this week uh, comes from Richard, and Richard would love to know uh, and would love to have an update about how uh, Now That Six Colors is a year old. How has it been for you? Um, And what are you thinking about doing going forward if you considered membership or that kind of thing? Yeah, I, I, I referenced on Twitter, I referred Richard to the post I made about the redesign and then the post I made about uh, being week 52 of Six Colors a couple weeks ago, both of which I mentioned that I am planning on doing a membership thing and I just haven't gotten to it yet. Uh, looking at what Federico Vatici has done with Max Stories, uh, that was actually very much what I was planning, including the same vendor. And seeing his implementation has actually made me uh, move up my time frame on that because I've been I've been dealing with the fact that I I need to build a member site and you know which means I need to do a WordPress install and put in this plugin and all of this and what Federico has done is really interesting is he's using Memberful which is this uh, the the site that it, that lets you manage your your membership list and he just links to his uh, implementation on their site so he hasn't had to build uh, this special custom thing which is what was holding me back um, and so I may I may do that. So yes, my my goal is to have a membership for Six Colors where people can support me directly, which leads to a lot of 
nice things like me taking less freelance work and maybe even being able to bring on more writers, but certainly write more myself at the site instead of taking that freelance work on and writing articles elsewhere um, and supporting me also as a different revenue stream. So when times may get tough and sponsors may not be there, um, I've got another reason to keep doing Six Colors because there are readers who are paying me to write there instead. So um, I'm working on it. It'll definitely happen by the end of the year. I hope it'll happen a lot sooner than that. But I have to get through this crazy week and actually maybe go out side and see the sun at some point um but once this uh once this last uh crazy period is over and we've entered a calmer uh less hectic period then um i will do that but otherwise um it's a lot of fun it's going well i was able to bring on dan morin to write two days a week um which is great because I wanted I wanted more content on the site and I was doing some freelance stuff. So I thought I would add Dan into the equation. And uh, that's been fun. And that's been good for Dan because he's got a bunch of different stuff going on, including a novel that he's um, trying to get published. And uh, so being able to kind of give him some stability in terms of what he's working on has also been a nice benefit of it. So um, I've been pretty happy with it. I would say the big surprises for me in the last year have been um, I'm doing more freelance than I expected. I actually wasn't planning on freelance work at all. Um, and, uh, I'm, so I'm doing more of that than I expected. And that's been a nice bonus because, you know, maybe the, let's, let's say, um, I'm not getting quite as much from the incomparable as I thought that I, I would in my initial calculations. I think relay has been a pleasant surprise as a part of my, as a part of my, uh, my, my income as part of my, Hello. Uh, my, my job. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you very much. Um, so the, the, the mix is a little different than I expected and there's more, a little more freelance in there, but in general, you know, I, I really enjoy coming into uh, my office every day and, and going to work and, uh, it's been very enjoyable. And the more, uh, my old job recedes away from me the more I know that it was, you know, I was completely burned out and unhappy and um, needed needed a change. So it's it's been nice to get some distance from that and uh, and and realize that that was uh, that I was doing a lot of things that I didn't want to do. And uh, these days I'm doing a lot of things I do want to do. So that's better. I just saw. Um... Somebody just sent me a link to say that Tweetbot Four has now been submitted to the App Store, so hmm. we have that for any. You know, that's that's important news to me. I know it's not. That's good. That's good for good good for people who use Tweetbot. Yep. Yep. Not you. Uh, I have Tweetbot. I know you do. I'm. I'm very. I'm. It's nice to see the uh, the one year thing. I'm looking forward to the membership stuff. I'm looking forward to talking about that on the show with you. Um, and whilst you were talking about that, I checked my own calendar because I was like, I feel like it's it's ramping up. And uh, I quit my job on October 8th. So now yeah. thinking about it, um, 2014, I went independent four weeks later in November. Mm-hmm. Um, you must have been a subconscious um, influence for that. You were surrounded by people who were leaving their jobs. That yeah. is that is definitely true. So that, I mean, I, I know like, you know, <laughs> there's a whole big story about me doing it and why I did it. And I did it really much, very much on a, on a whim, but it wasn't, it wasn't a snap decision. It was, it was a, a decision that had been brewing for a long time. That mm-hmm. a certain event just made me do it, which was my shoelaces broke. Uh, I'll yeah. put a link in the in in the show notes to an ep- the episode of Analog where I tell the story, uh, which is a story that I love very much. And if you're going to be at release notes um, in October, you're going to hear part of that story again. Oh, good! I will be there. Good, you get to hear it again. I'm looking forward to it. Um, we've uh, we've potentially 
some visual aid. Nice. Um, so there you go. That'll be fun. Um, but let's move on uh, with Ask Upgrade. Uh, the Koala, a time of Koala's thing. It's a joke uh, from a long time ago. Uh, uh, I think it was a connected joke. Do you know? I think it was a prompt yeah, joke. It was a prompt joke. I actually remember listening. The funny thing is I was on the bus going to work. And uh, we were talking about timer coalescing, and what Federico said was timer coalescing. Yep. And I thought, well, that's really funny. That's like a timer and a koala that sing. And um, somebody also thought that was funny and made it their entire like pseudonym online identity, the timer koala sing. So, uh, but I remember very clearly listening to that episode of the prompt. Yep, episode one. I Back didn't in the know day. that you were listening. How nice of you. Oh yeah. While I while I power slide around Infinite Loop, I'm listening to to uh, the prompt and connected now. So the koala asked, uh, now that peek and pop allows archiving without going to the next message um, automatically, will Mike switch to mail the app? So this is a long running thing for me. That my <laughs> my main frustration with the mail app is how when you archive an action a message, it brings up the next message automatically, therefore uh, enabling it as read. I hate that. Um, my main issue, though, is the Mac, not iOS, that, for this. Mm-hmm. iOS has never been so much of the problem because it's easier to mark a, a message as read. Uh, but the reason I wanted to bring this up, because you know, it's kind of like a... No, I'm not going to move back to the Mail app um, at the moment, anyway. Because at the moment, I am frustrated with my Mail setup in general. I'm currently using Mailbox everywhere. Uh, but I'm looking for a new solution because I'm not confident that Mailbox are doing a lot to push their platform forward. Yeah, it's been awfully quiet over there. And I've been using Spark. Is it Spark? Yeah, I love Spark. I love Spark, but it's only on one platform. Yeah. So the reason I say this and is because with these types, with the types of uh, of mail apps recently, it's very beneficial to have... Uh, it everywhere because they manipulate mm-hmm. your email, right? You put these snooze things on and it will pop back up. But if you're outside of the ecosystem, like if you're using some other app or some other system on one device and on another device, you end up with a scenario where your email is all kinds of crazy. And there are things that are in your inbox that maybe shouldn't be in your inbox because you think they're going to be in your inbox in a week, but they're there now because this app doesn't. Like It gets all kinds of messed up. I don't like it. I like to use a system that is all in everywhere. So I'm currently looking into stuff right now. I am I really, really want to to use the new Outlook app because everybody that I know that uses it loves it. But the problem yeah. is their Mac app is not like their iOS app. Nope. So I can't I'm I'm hesitant of going into that system because I do email everywhere. I don't have a, a dominant device. I do email yeah, I all my devices. So for me, it's very important that if I am using features that are core to the platform, that they are that they follow me around from device to device. So which means I will probably end up sticking with Mailbox. But also, Mailbox, we'll see because I do question whether they, and I like Mailbox a lot, but I question what development is actually happening at Dropbox involving Mailbox now. Um, but Peek and Pop can come to anything, right? So mm-hmm. it's in Mail today, but it should be in lots of other things soon. On iOS, uh, you know, on on iPhone anyway, um, and uh, so it may not matter what app you're using because they may all implement Peek and Pop in 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 some way or other. I'm all over the place now. I'm using um, I'm using Mailplane on my Mac, which which is just the 
fancified version of the Gmail interface, web interface. It puts it in its own app with its own kind of some Mac extras. And then on, I was using Spark on the iPhone. When I transferred to the new iPhone, I can't get it to load, I think, because I have to, there's like beta credentials and things because I think it was on a beta version. Um, so I have to get that. But I've been using Apple Mail because of writing about iOS 9 a little bit. Um, I've been using Apple Mail on my iPad because Spark doesn't work on the iPad. Uh, I'm all over the place too. And and the nice thing about using, since I use Gmail, is that these, whether it's Mailbox or Spark, they, they end up saving everything in, in IMAP mailboxes, which is basically labels in Gmail. So... Um, I don't get to use those features on the desktop, but at least I can see those messages because they're filed in a place I can see. I can, you know, I can see all the special folders that they that they file things into. But yeah, ideally you'd have the same, you know, the same approach everywhere. Google Inbox, I've thought about trying because since I'm using Gmail, Google Inbox is sort of that because they've got apps for iOS and then it sort of integrates into uh, the web interface. But um, right now I'm just uh, I'm I'm f- drifting. Yeah, searching. see, I, then I thought maybe Inbox would be a good option, but I also use iCloud. So yep. I want all of my email, like... In one place. In one place. I don't want mm-hmm. three different email apps. So this is probably why I will end up sticking with Mailbox, but I really need to hope that they're doing something. Like, the Mac yeah, the map, app is seeing you know, updates, right? Uh, I'm on the beta. It's not fantastic, uh-huh. but it's okay. It's doing the job for me, and it's getting updates. But, like, for example, their Twitter account, nothing. They're not tweeting, nothing. So, like, I want to see I want to see split screen on the iPad more than peek and pop. Right. But, you know, we're not seeing anything like that. So I've now installed another email app. I've installed Dispatch on my iPad because it has split screen because I really want a split screen email app uh, because that is really, really, really useful to me. Um, but... Yeah, so it's it's very frustrating right now. Now I'm thinking like, you know, so I was like, I know how great Dispatch is. That's a great email app, but they don't have a Mac app, right? You end up in this scenario. I go round and around every few months trying to find a new solution for this because I'm never happy with my email setup. Um, But I always end up coming back to Mailbox because it's the only one that gives me what I want everywhere. Yeah. So there you go. Email. Email. All right, let's move work? on. So uh, the next Ask <laughs> Upgrade is from John. How many watch straps do you own and which ones do you have a favorite? I have three now. Ooh. I know. I was going to mention it earlier, but you were just so fancy with all of your watch bands. I have a, um, I have my black sport band. I have my black leather old style which I'm really regretting buying now because they they made a new one that's that looks that I got to to get my hands on at Apple the other day. Um, it was really nice. The new the new leather band, the black leather and the brown leather bands are so nice, and the old one is so is so like thin and papery. But I've got it, and it's it looks good. It just feels kind of weird. And then I I picked up a uh, a new orange sport oh, band. How great is the orange? It's great. Well, and it's really great with the black, the 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 space gray. Uh, sport oh, yeah, too, of course. little little orange black thing. And as a fan of uh, a, my my baseball team is orange black colors, so that it gives me a little extra thing. But I like the orange; it's nice. So th- that's that's for me. Now my wife, uh, her her uh, new stainless Apple Watch came with a white band, white sport band, um, and I got her the uh, the midnight blue, which is nice. And we got a thirty dollar leather band on eBay, and it's mm. actually pretty good. It's not great, but it's pretty good. 
So I have, I think, six sport bands now. Um, I have black, white, blue, green, uh, midnight blue, <laughs> and the orange. Um, and I, I, the black, I think, is the nicest feeling um, of them all, but it's not my favorite. Like it's because they all dip, feel differently, subtle, but they do all feel different. But I, I love the new colors the most: the midnight blue and the orange. Um, I really, really love those colors. Uh, I'm also gonna get a red at some point. Um, and then uh-huh. I still I want to see the other ones in person. I love the sport bands. They're not cheap. They're not massively expensive, uh, but I really like them a lot. Um, I like having different colors. Sometimes I match them to what I'm wearing. Like I just like them. I think they're really nice. I think that they're awesome. Like I've I've often thought, oh, I wanted a Milanese, but I'm not going to get one of those now. Um, and I'm thinking I quite like the look of the saddle brown leather, but no, I'm just going to keep buying sport bands. I like them a lot. I think they're really comfortable. They're really cool looking, um, and they're they're really useful as well. Like not useful, but they they, they feel good the way you put them on, take them off. Um, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. So I'm just going to keep getting them. All right. So there you go. That's that's it for me. I love I love them. I think that they're really really cool. So, it's it's of. fun. It's fun. And and the I mean I bought the eBay uh, non Apple Apple Watch band as an experiment, uh, just because I was curious what the quality was. We talked about possibly doing that. I actually I actually thought about going. Um, and sometimes I can find them, and sometimes I can't. Sometimes they sell a uh, a space gray Milanese loop, which is which intrigues me because it would actually match my space gray watch. Um, I think but, it would uh, be really cool if you were able to. I don't know if you would want to, and or if you could buy a bunch and review them. Because I haven't seen oh, a lot of a lot of people uh, giving reviews of popular ones of these, uh, or just for, like from a few different manufacturers. Because I bet there are people that want to buy this stuff. But like for me, for example, I'm not going to trust uh, eBay reviews or whatever. I yeah. want someone that I trust I to tell me what they think. Well, and I'm not sure even if I get one that I like that the next one wouldn't be bad. <laughs> That's the thing because you're yep. talking about like kind of like I don't know if they're disreputable, but they're kind of not repu- non-reputable <laughs> places that you're buying them. But uh, we'll yeah. see. We'll see how the one that that Lauren got wears. Um, mm-hmm. it, it looks nice. I mean, it, what it is is basically a somebody has has made uh, their own Apple Watch lugs. And with with an adapter that will go to sort of standard watch band stuff and is putting them together and then selling them. Um, and there are also places that are making, you know, that are that are building adapters that let you do that with your whatever watch bands you've got. So it's going to, you know, it's going to vary. And then there's an official Apple program for this, too. So still waiting um, to see yeah. stuff's coming from that. Yeah, hasn't hasn't happened. I, I got Nothing. a note from that. Get click. Uh, product that is that is just that you it's the lugs and they're they're making the lugs and send them to you and then you just use any standard watch band on them um saying that they were starting to ship that was a product i thought i would never get so maybe i'll actually get it i still don't trust that i yeah, just don't well, we'll trust see. it we'll like, see i'm sure they work i'm sure they work mm-hmm. but i just don't like the idea of it yeah like, I, do, well, I just I, want I, the official stuff the the lugs on lauren's leather band probably didn't slide in quite as um as smoothly as an apple constructed one would they did go in i didn't have to force it but i had that moment of like i bet this experience is not as good (laughs) (laughs) but you know it was it was an interesting experiment i i really did buy it because i was curious about what an off-brand apple watch band looked like and uh you know it looks fine looks like a watch band and rajiv asks um 
What's Apple's rationale behind not syncing the iPhone clock alarms with the Apple Watch clock alarms? Uh, I don't know what their rationale is, but I think for me, I'm happy that that doesn't happen because far too often in my life, I have multiple devices making sound at the same time. Like you get a FaceTime call and six devices ring. Uh, I don't want all of that to, to sync up to. Yeah, I could see uh, an update that allowed the concept of a shared alarm. Um, I'm trying to think of a scenario like, you you know, you want to set an alarm on your Apple Watch using Siri, um, but have it be uh, for tomorrow morning on your iPhone or something like that. Maybe there are some scenarios there. But yeah, I mean, it does seem simpler to just say if you set an alarm on your on your watch, it's on your watch. And if it's on your phone, it's on your phone and and they stay apart. And uh, maybe that's maybe that's OK. Yeah, it's, you know. Um, you know, I just don't want it. I don't. I just don't want it. So I think that's it, Jason Snell. Yeah, I. I think so. Um, if you'd like to find show notes for this week's episode, head on over to relay.fm/upgrade/slash56. There's some notes to a few things we discussed, including uh, Jason's MacWorld review um, is in the notes. So you can go and check that out. If you want to find Jason's work online, the best place to go, of course, is to thelovelysixcolors.com, and he is at jsnell on Twitter, and I am at imike. I m y k e. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget, this show does broadcast live. We don't really mention that very much. And if you want to check it out, just go to uh, relay fm slash live then you can go to fm slash schedule and you can find out when the show is going to be on and you can come and listen and hang out in the chat room we have a great group in the chat room so you should come and listen to mm-hmm. us uh, whilst we record thanks again to our sponsors this week casper fracture and stamps.com and we'll be back next time until then thank you so much for listening goodbye justice now goodbye mike early <laughs>